his word is still forever settled. So that, that won't matter today. I'm excited to be here. Um, I want to talk to you for a little bit. And I want to talk to you out of, really out of two portions of scripture. The second being Ephesians chapter 3. But I want to start out today in Philippians chapter 3. Starting at verse 7. And I'll give you a second to get there. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. I love the word of God. I love it. Now this is Paul speaking to the Philippian church. And in verse 7 he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable or conformable, excuse me, unto death. And now we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter number three, starting with verse number 14. It's all very familiar portions of scripture. And it says today, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Today, if I'm going to title this, I'm going to talk about, the, I'm going to give it the title, God's Love Changes Everything. A proper relationship with God. And I want to start out by saying I, I'm privileged to be here. And I'm also, I know who I'm speaking to today. You guys, are the, you guys are the saints of the Most High God. The ones that come to early morning Bible study to be fed of the word. And so many of you maybe, I, I'm just going to look down when I say this, many of you may have been saints longer than I have been alive. So I'm talking, I believe, to the cream of the crop today. And so 
this is a topic that may feel like very basic scriptural understanding. But I don't, I don't apologize for that because, you know, I think many times as someone who lives for the Lord, I become kind of like the Pharisees and Sadducees in Matthew chapter 16, seeking after signs. And, you know, Jesus said that of those people, they were a wicked and adulterous generation, always needing a new thing, always needing a new understanding, always seeking these, this knowledge and this understanding that's new. And, and, and he, he came down on them for that. Paul said this, talking in Corinthians chapter 1. He said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preached Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base, the base things of the world and the things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God made unto wisdom the righteousness and sanctification and redemption. See, this is a lengthy portion of Scripture that basically, to me, says we may think we know everything. But it's only in Christ Jesus that we can know anything. It's only in what we have seen in his word that illuminates everything. I don't know if Brother Darren is in here today, Brother Darren Venus, but... I, I always like, he one day he quoted to me, he said, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And he said, the Darren Venus translation is the beginning of wisdom is realizing you don't know anything. I I've always loved that. That all being said, I want to talk today about love. Say, he wants to talk about love. You see, as Christians, we often times substitute a relationship with God for the for things like trying to be an expert in the things of God 
trying to minister to people, trying to focus on the busyness of the house of God. We, we all know the story of, of Mary and Martha. We've, we've talked about it recently countless times. But last summer, Brother Joe Sapoli was here on a Wednesday night, and I have watched that message over and over, and it convicts my heart to this day. And I watched it again last night, and he said some things that I just want to bear out. In John chapter 11, we know the story. Lazarus was Jesus' friend, dear friend, and, and we all know the story of Mary and Martha sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary did while Martha worked in the kitchen and, and, and worked for the Lord and was disappointed that, hey, I'm, I'm doing all the work of God. But I think it's interesting in John chapter 11, it says then, John chapter 11, verse 20. Then Martha, as soon as she had heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat in the house. Just think about that for a second. We see chapters earlier where Mary was content to just sit at his feet. So it's no coincidence to me that when Jesus is coming and they have an issue, which sister is running to Jesus trying to figure it all out and which sister is just sitting back like, I think he's got it. Why is it that Mary tarried in the house? Could it be that she had faith in the one that was coming? Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died, but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. And Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. See, here's Martha's spiritual, theological brain start going. I know he'll, she, he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. In the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. It was about Jesus. And she, she's standing right next to him, and she doesn't quite recognize that. And whosoever liveth in him, believeth in me, shall never die. Believest thou this? Do you know this? Do you understand this? Jesus said, take ye away the stone, going down to verse 39, excuse me. Jesus said, now, now let me say here, Mary also comes to Jesus and asks the same question, eventually. But Jesus says in verse 39, take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead for four days. What I find interesting is that Mary asked the question. Jesus does exactly what he did for Martha and confirms who he is. You don't see Mary asking a question again. But Martha has to come back. Jesus has already established, I am the resurrection. And here Martha comes back again like, Lord, he's been dead. What are you doing? And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that I, if thou wouldest believe, thou shalt see the glory of God? You see, Martha 
the one whose relationship with Jesus was spent doing things for Jesus, heard Jesus coming and felt that she needed to confront him while Mary, who had sat at his feet, just stayed in the house. Both sisters asked Jesus why he didn't come, but only Martha truly didn't understand or accept Jesus' answer. Jesus had to keep telling her and reminding her, I am the resurrection. She didn't have that relationship. She didn't understand who he was. See, our relationship with God affects everything we know about him. It affects everything we know about each other. And it, un- it affects every way we understand this life. Everything is determined by your inward relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul is talking in these passages that we've read. He says in Philippians 3, I'm going to read through this again. He says, but what things were gained to me I count, counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless that I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. The only way Paul can fight his flesh, which is always selfish and always self-preserving, that is, we are made up that way, is through the true knowledge of, of Christ, who is, he says in here, his Lord. The knowledge of Christ that he has comes from the fact that Christ is his Lord, truly and utterly. Because we may say with our mouth that he is Lord, but until in my mind he becomes the Lord of all, I still can't truthfully understand the knowledge of Christ. And because Paul loves Christ, all that matters is that he has to have Christ. In verse 9, and being found of him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto death. Paul's understanding of God or his love uh, or his love of the things of God, the law, did nothing for him if Paul doesn't simply know Christ. He eat. The, the, the just being righteous to please God was not enough if he doesn't know Christ. You see, in the Ephesians scripture, he, he says to them in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This was such, an, such a thing for Paul that he's saying, I get down on my face to pray for you. And he says in verse 16, he says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might 
by his spirit in the inner man. Paul is not talking about the, the superficial or the, the natural elements of our relationship with God. He is speaking to the inner man here. And he's praying for their inner man. He said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you are rooted and grounded in love. That, and when that happens, he says, that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And I think, for me, I'm always trying to understand those things. But I'm not always grounded in his love. I'm not always doing so in a pure relationship. And a lot of times, like he was talking about when he's talking in Philippians about that, that law, a lot of times I'm trying to understand him almost to earn myself into relationship. It's like if the more I know about him, well, the, the closer I'll get to him. You know, it's, 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 it's kind of like me meeting my wife and saying, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up her pro- portfolio and learn everything about her before I get to know her. That will help me get to know her. But none of that supplants spending time with her. And so Paul is, is, is pleading with them and, and saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that the inner, for the inner man in you you see, we are so focused, and I, I'm telling you, I'm talking about me today. I'm going to change that. I am so focused on the outer man. And I'm not speaking of just appearance or outward holiness. I'm, I'm talking about anything that's tangible. When we have sin problems, we try to fix it on our own and, you know, kind of sort of make our bed before the Lord comes in. We, we, we're like, let me... Let me deal with this and then, because I, you know, I know better. I don't want to present that to the Lord. We, we try to become experts at his words so that we can make ourselves feel better about not actually spending time with him. We care all about the people who need Jesus while Jesus is saying, I have nowhere to lay my head. Paul is saying all of the fullness of God is in knowing the love of Christ. All of it. All of the fullness of God. You can't even begin to understand the height and the depth and the breadth. You can't understand any of it until you understand or even try to understand his love. You see, if Dustin Griffith truly knew the love of God, I'm going to get personal and tell you some things that would be different in my life. I wouldn't be worried when my wife and I are trying to figure out how to pay the bills when remodeling a house and still paying for an old house. I wouldn't be worried. I wouldn't be interested in every new idea that people around me have about God that, that, that sometimes can, can cause confusion. And, and I, oh, that's a good idea. Let me jump over here. Oh, that's a good idea. Let me jump over here. I, w- I would know him. My sheep know my voice. 
I wouldn't be outraged by the things I see happening in this world to the point that I forget that the people that are causing these things are lost and need Jesus. I won't be so angry at whatever political side I'm in because I would realize that behind that political side are people being controlled by the spirits and the principalities of this world that need Jesus. I wouldn't be upset or hurt when I see those authorities in my life fall because I would realize that God's intention throughout all of history, whether it was from the garden with Adam and Eve, whether it was the, the Israelites when he wanted to be their king and they said, no, we want to be ruled by ourselves. We want to be like all these other nations and have a king. All the way to Revelation where we see that those those elders that are sitting there with their crowns come to him and say, this isn't necessary anymore. We're going to lay them at your feet. We see throughout all of history that God's intention was to be our king. And so I wouldn't look so harshly on those that I trust that fail me. Instead, I would realize that for the Zelke, they don't have that word of his power that he has. They can't uphold all things like he can. And so maybe they're stepping into a role that they can't totally fulfill without him. And so I would give them grace. I would give them love. I would forgive. I wouldn't be so spiritually minded in one conversation to be so carnally minded in another just because of who is around or who I'm talking to. Now, this is just me being honest today. This is Dustin Griffith spilling his life out before you. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And I'm not trying to be dramatic today, but knowing the love of God, it changes everything. But here's the great news. I, I was reading, and I, I know I've said this to a couple of you that are here, because this, this just hit me if, if a couple months ago, and it's just, can't get over it. I, I read this, you know, the scripture that, was, that said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. It's one of the most popular scriptures we have. But I think for the first time in my life, I got a new perspective of it because there's a funny story that me and my wife have when we were dating. And it's the first time I was on the road with her and we had a flat tire, had a blowout, did not have a spare. <laughs> and if that happened to me today, I would be in a terrible mood <laughs> I would be frustrated that my day was completely ruined and that, you know, I have to take an hour out of my day or however long. I mean, for me, it would take an hour, just, just trust me, to change a tire <laughs> and to figure out how, without a spare, to get my car where I need to go. But in this moment, there was this girl that I really liked. And all that meant was that I got to spend time with her. I didn't notice that I was on the side of the road and that cars were coming and that I was about to get hit. 
All I noticed is that she was with me. And it wasn't this relationship with, it's not a relationship with God where it's, I'm so frustrated, but it's like, oh, but you're here. Okay, I, it's I don't even see those things. I don't even recognize that I'm in the valley of the shadow of death because I'm so focused on you. There is no fear there. I'm so in lo- love, cast out fear. So when I'm in that relationship with him, I'm walking through the valley and I don't even notice. And I realized that. And the Lord said, where have you been to me? If you're, and I, we're human. We struggle. But I think so many times our relationships our relationship with God, I, or let me say it this way, our reaction to everything around us is a barometer for where it's a way for me to look at myself and say, well, if I was in relationship, this wouldn't matter. I wouldn't be so hot about this situation. But this is truly the great news. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 and 8. says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will, die, will one die, yet peradventure a good man, some would even dare to die, but God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I don't have to figure this love thing out. He's already done it. First John chapter 4, verse 15 and 19. Whatsoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect. I don't have to have perfect love. It's in him, in this cause, my love is made perfect, that we may have the boldness in the day of judgment. See, that love of God is what gives me boldness in, in this time when everything's going wrong, it's in that we can have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made in perfect love. And then John chapter 15 and verse 16 Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask 
of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You see, when we can't love him, he loved us. When we can't manufacture that perfect love, when, when you're Paul and you're like, man, when I want to do good, evil is always present. The things I want to do, I don't do, and the things I do want to, or things I don't do, want to do. Paul, come on, man. <laughs> when that's me, <laughs> when I'm that guy, his love is there for me. He died for me. It's not my love for him. It's his love for me. It's when he died for me, I have the ability to exist with him in perfect love. It helps us love him in the way that we, can, that we can't produce on our own. I think I need to be reminded that everything is different when I recognize the love he had for me. That's why Paul prayed again in Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with the foolish or with the fullness of God. I think it's so important today. I if you are here and you are, and you have question, don't look for the answer. Look for Jesus. Spend time with him. Spend time in his presence. My mom's here and she tells this story, and I know she's told it. She's okay with me telling it. When my grandfather was passing away, he looked at her one day in, in my grandma at their house and he said, have you ever thought about the lamb slain sitting on the throne? Have you ever pictured that? I, I, I don't know if she ever had, but she kind of put that in the back of her mind. And, and as things went on and things got really stressful, she was spending time in the prayer room, I believe, and or somewhere, and she started to pray, and she said, you know what, I just want to, I want to see the lamb slain. The Lord took her to a place where she saw a lamb as it was slain in the middle of a throne. And she tells the story that it was like there was no flesh at all there. There was no sorrow. There was no pain. There was no anything. It was just pure presence of God. But that coming out of that, after that vision or whatever it was, was done, there was a peace. And I think so many times we, we just come to God for answers and he's like, no, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden. I give you rest. It's, 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 I'm not here to just hand you out, you know, your answer all the time. I'm here to just be with you. Be with me in the valley of the shadow of death. Spend time with me. Fall in love with me. It's in him. I, I, and I'll, 
I'll close with this, but I always think of Stephen. Because for the carnal man, Stephen is the, to me, the most unfair story in Scripture. He preaches one message, and he's stoned. Just to save one guy who's killing everybody, and he gets credit for everything that I preached about today. (laughs) That's the carnal man. But if you were to ask Stephen... As it was happening, (laughs) was it worth it? (laughs) He was in relationship. He had a relationship with a master. And he was, the Bible says, the glory of God shined on his face. I want that relationship where I don't, I, I don't even notice the world around me. I don't, I, I don't even, I'm not consumed with the things of this world or the things of my life or the things of my church or the things of my family. I'm, I'm just consumed in him. If we could all go ahead and stand. And I just, today, I just invite you to know that love again. Again, I, as I said before, I know who I'm speaking to today. I may be, I, I'm talking to my heroes of the faith. And so it's hard to preach a message like this because I'm like, they know this. <laughs> but I can tell you, I can tell you that Christ wants to know you so that he can give you the fullness of him. Everything he has is unlocked in the love of Christ. Everything, anything you need today is unlocked in the love of Christ. Jesus, I thank you today. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence.